Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now, let's go to Arkansas's premier basketball recruiting analyst, Kevin Hoop Scoop McPherson, for all the latest news for anything and everything basketball. Made possible by Fence Brokers. Fence Brokers, going the extra mile. Well, Kevin, you having a fabulous Friday? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Why yeah. not? The okay, well, we have, you know, we had a caller down a bit. We had a caller right before you came on and and he made a comment that I'm uh, I was a little bit taken aback by cuz I'm not sure this is true. He said talking about Devo Davis and the year he's having and since they paid him so much, they paid him about in KJ Jefferson's uh, range to come back should we not expect more. Now, I don't know what any of these guys are making NIL. You may, but I haven't heard anybody making anywhere close to what KJ was making. You know anything about that? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on the NIL portions for players. Uh, you know, I've heard different things. I've, I feel like I've got one or two pieces of information that are very reliable, but I just don't talk about that stuff. I understand it's a hot topic for fans. And I can understand it. In fact, some of the points and things that are brought up uh, as far as concerns and other things, trying to regulate it, what expectations to be, I can I can understand a lot of that. On the flip side of that, um, I think it's up to players and their representation to release specifics on what they're getting if it's their choice to do so. So I, I just don't comment on the NIL part of it in terms of you know amounts and things like that. Well, and let's ask you this. The the last caller, you might have heard him uh, as you were getting on, asked about coaches' salaries are public record. Should the NIL numbers not be public record? I could agree with that. I, I, I actually think, I think the more transparency and accountability that goes with transparency, that's why it's important to have it. Um, and... Um, you know, if, if you want to swim in these waters where you're paid like a professional, which makes you, in effect, a professional, uh, there's responsibility with that. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, in fact, I think it's probably a good idea, Rick. Okay. All right. Well, this caller was calling before you got on. He may have a basketball question, may not. This is Troy in Little Rock. Trey, thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, this one is not going to be NIL-related and sadly not basketball-related. Okay. So, uh, press release on uh, Fort Smith getting a minor league baseball team uh, from a new league called the Mid America League wow. that just got I created. Tell me what you know that. about that because that seems so odd. Because you see, basket minor league basketball or, or new basketball or football leagues pop up every couple years. Baseball is new for me uh, to to see something like this pop up. And you know, I hope it's successful. Hope. River Valley and Fort Smith has a great, great experience with the team, but it seems kind of odd because uh, it's not even the league's not even in the area where they retracted the minor league teams a couple years back. So, just want to know what your thoughts are and appreciate your show. Okay, thanks for calling, uh, Kevin. While you're, we may have you start talking about the game coming against South Carolina. While well, I try and research that, I have seen nothing on minor league baseball in Fort Smith. But I'm going to see what I can find out while you tell us. Was the victory over Texas A&M the start of something good or just a Band-Aid? 
I don't know yet, uh, Rick, but I'll tell you, I think it's always the start of something good when you get back on the winning track. Because 0-4, you measure that by the last time that happened at Arkansas to start league play. That would have been John Pelfrey's 0-8-9 season. That devolved into 2-14 and and the worst conference mark ever for the Hogs. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying it would have snowballed from there, but it's always a good sign when you find a way to win because the previous three games, Arkansas was struggling to score. hadn't reached 70 points in any game. Uh, since the start of SEC play, had those 51 points in that record, you know, setting loss to Auburn at home. So you get back home, yeah, I think it's a positive. I think it's something you can build on. Is it just a Band-Aid? Well, I think tomorrow answer, helps answer that. If Arkansas has another struggle against a team that's beatable, especially playing at home in South Carolina, it's a good team, but it's a team Arkansas should match up well with. Uh, this is not a, one of those juggernaut kind of you know ranked teams that's really, really good. It's a good team. Uh, but this is a game Arkansas should be trying to build some momentum. I, I like some things I saw against A&M that makes me lean a little bit toward thinking that, that this maybe won't be exactly what we saw three years ago or two years ago where those teams really turned things around. But last year's team, remember, started one and five. They found a way to win five straight at one point, but they lost their last three. But their resume at that point was good enough because of a strong non-conference uh, when you started looking ahead to the postseason and, and being projected in with an out-large bid. But this team doesn't have that luxury, so it's going to have to start putting together some some serious runs here in terms of not just winning one, then drop one. or you know This isn't a, a situation where Arkansas can really afford to be up and down right now. They're going to have to have a stretch of putting some consecutive wins together. So is this a Band-Aid? If they lose tomorrow, it's what it looks like. <laughs> if Arkansas can win tomorrow, maybe they can get some momentum going into Ole Miss. Get a run. That's good. Okay, before I ask you my next question, uh, I did research this. Okay, Fort Smith is going to get a team in the Mid-America League. It's a play. It's a league of college and select non-college players. So it's not a professional league. It's not a, it's not a minor league. Uh, and they will play against teams in Longview, Texas, Sherman, Texas, Abilene, Texas. So there's just four teams in the league. They don't have a team name yet. 34 road games, 34 home games, May through early August. Uh, a developmental league, much like minor league baseball, is to major league baseball. So I don't know if that means develop, developmental for uh, to find to get guys with to get them college scholarships or say college players that uh, want, want some place to play in the summer. But it's not a uh, professional team. So, well, thank you for that question. I'm you're glad a, I research that. As a baseball guy, I've got a question for you. How okay. many – we know about, you know, the Arkansas Travelers uh, and then the Naturals up in, in northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But did you ever research how many professional teams, even, you know, probably before my time, came oh, through and, and, and played in yeah. Arkansas? Yeah, if you go back to 1900, but when uh, – you know, they had minor league baseball all over the place, but, but let's go back then. There were 16 major league teams, and there were and baseball was the sport. Now, I don't think the NFL was even. They started either the late right. teens or early the 20s. The NBA didn't start, you know, for till after that, and so baseball was big. And so they had Triple A, Double A, A, B, C, and D league, if you can imagine that. And, yes, Fort, Fort Smith had professional baseball. Hot Springs had professional baseball. Little Rock had it. I don't know if there was any in northwest Arkansas or not. 
So I don't know how many actual professional teams, but they there was, I think, a D-League team in Arkansas. So there were bunches of them. And really, um, that started to, to, like, numbers didn't start to trim until really the 50s, I don't believe. And the Cardinals, one of the reasons there are so many Cardinal fans still in Arkansas is they really developed the minor league system. Branch Rickey was with them at the time, the guy who later, um, who also was responsible for Jackie Robinson playing uh, Major League Baseball, and he built a farm system that was the best. And so they had teams everywhere and all over Arkansas, Mississippi, Georgia, and at that time St. Louis was the farthest team west and the farthest team south in the Major League, so a lot of Cardinal followers and so even though the Cardinals are no longer affiliated with the Little Rock team, there are still a lot of Cardinal fans in Arkansas. So there's a long answer to yeah. your short question. How's that? No, well, I had a friend who was a financier for a, a very brief professional team that uh, was played out of Palm Bluff in the 90s, the mm. Palm Bluff Locomotives. Yeah. Um, and, the, and one of the young players, his last name was Walker. I'm trying to think of his first name. Ended up playing for them. He was a high-profile kid that was drafted, I think, coming out of high school uh, by the major leagues. Um, I can't think of his first name, but they played at least a season, maybe two. And I don't know if you remember them or not, and I don't know what affiliation they have with what, you know. I don't think that they were not a farm team for a major league team, but they were some kind of uh, uh, semi-pro or pro. Could have been an independent, team, right? And there's some independent teams too. The locomotives. Well, obviously they ran out of steam if it didn't last very long. So, <laughs> I think yeah. I think a season or two. It might have been longer than that, but I remember at least one or two. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, How about that. Well, hopefully Arkansas will last more than a season or two here. And uh, so, a couple questions we've been asked during the week. So we'll just let you reflect on them. Uh, Trevon Brazil, there are a lot of ways to look at the games he's playing right now. One is that he's underachieving. Two is that he's still cautious. Let's don't say bothered by the ACL that he had. And then, of course, he sprained an ankle before Oklahoma. But tentative because of that, which we tend to so overestimate the mentality, the, the mental mindset of athletes, we don't think about that very often. Do you think that's part of the issue with him right now? Well, it's interesting, Rick, because he also still has first-round draft projection. Yeah. And so when you go through a full year of, of that rehab and, 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 you know, you might have some good games, and then you sprain an ankle, there may be some caution, and some of that may be subconscious, and some of that might be, look, I'm, I don't want to mess things up moving forward. I, don't, I can't lay that on him. I don't know what his mindset is. But to me, it's human nature uh, that, that – you know, you may have some concern about doing some of the things with the kind of caliber athlete he is, you know, uh, it seems to me when he's going in for a dunk or he wants to go in and soar for a putback slam, he kind of, you know, he's anticipating what he's going to do. It's To me, it's harder for guys dealing with lower leg injuries and anticipatory kind of things where they're trying to move or slide and keep up with an offensive player. Uh, he's not a tough guy as it is, so he's a little bit behind a door defense anyway. He's got some habits where he's kind of ball walking. But I wonder how much of that is, is like you brought up, uncertainty because of the injuries. Good response. All right, Kevin, we will be back with you and our listeners right after this on Drive Time Sports. 
Let's go back to Kevin Hoopscoop McPherson. Uh, Kevin, we had, uh, if you'll hit his button there, Damon, so I don't hang up on a caller. Okay, so Kevin, I had two questions for you before you came on today. Uh, first was, when is your next video going to be on Hogville? My next video? Yeah. Uh, I'll do a post game. I I have been doing pre and and, and post games, uh, but so tomorrow with a, such an early start, I'm just not going to do a pre game. You know. Okay. Um, typically, I do them game pre pre game is game day. So because of the noon start, I'm just not going to do a pre game. But I will I will have a post game, and so I will have when Arkansas so when Arkansas is on the road. You know, I, I still do these. And then when Arkansas is back at Bud Walton Arena for Kentucky the following Saturday, the 27th, that's a later start, so I'll be doing a pre- and post-game that day. Very good. Okay. The other question was, uh, obviously with the team right now struggling, people are always interested in this. How about an update on recruiting? Now, the, the freshman the freshman class for next year is set, and you probably can't talk. We don't know about the transfer portal, so beyond that, what about recruiting? Well, you've got multiple players that are five stars that are on the radar for the Razorbacks. Darren Peterson, a 6'5 guard, the top shooting guard in the country in the class of 2025, number three overall player. I did an interview with him and had an article out a couple of weeks ago where he narrowed his list to eight, but he's only going to take five visits. And his dad, I interviewed his dad, actually. And his dad told me that he will be, Arkansas will be one of the five, and they're planning on visiting either in February or March. Then we'll see. Things change in recruiting, but that's what his dad told me. He said the other visits will be determined, I guess, on the you know as they go. They haven't said it yet. I saw another report that listed five visit destinations, but that was before I talked to the dad, who, who said that they weren't really sure yet where all they would go, but Arkansas would be getting a visit. So mm, uh, here's a young man. He calls Arkansas Guard University. He's been paying attention to the players that have come through the program under Eric Mulsman have gone on to the NBA. Obviously, getting to the pro level, is front and center in, in recruiting and selling recruiting. There's other things about your program that you're selling, but that's the ultimate goal of all these players. And, and, and you know, for most of them, when you're recruiting at that level, when you're talking five stars, even four stars, and even the three stars, Rick, have dreams of doing that. So uh, Arkansas's got a lot to sell there. That's class of 2025. In addition to Terry on Burgess, 6'9 combo forward, same class, national number 33, according to 247 Sports, a four-star. At Benton, Benton's having a strong season. He's been putting up, averaging a double-double, gets a double-double nearly every game. And uh, the Panthers had two big-time wins in the last couple of weeks uh, over Pine Bluff and then Lake Hamilton. Very good teams with Division One talent on those teams, and Burgess put up big numbers, and we've come to expect that from him. But he's a guy that I think Arkansas's in great shape with. He's been on campus multiple times, been to many games, including football, Razorback football games. Uh, but I think Arkansas is in a good spot there with that class of 2025 prospect. And then Isaiah Seeley in Northwest Arkansas up in Springdale, 6'6", combo guard, can play the one through the three, a national top 54 star. So as Arkansas, you know, he's in a guy that also has been on campus for unofficial visits. He's been to multiple games. So when Arkansas starts looking ahead to the high school recruiting, I really think they've sewn it up in 2024 when you look at the two guys. Two players they signed in the spring. You mentioned it now. It'll be portal in the spring. We don't know uh, what comes up there just yet. The two players signed in November early signing period. Uh, so I think we, with the names I mentioned for 2025, we're talking high school recruiting and, and players we can actually identify right now. 
those are three to keep an eye on. Uh, and, and Arkansas 2026, the state is loaded. It's probably the deepest class and, and richest class at the top uh, with at least one five. Really? I think there's a, as good as things have been, <laughs> it's 26 good every is, year. my gosh, 26 is better? 26 is, is one of those. So, to me, you know, to, I go back to, to the class of 2017 as a really deep class, really good at the top. Daniel Gafford was in that class. Uh, 2020. Moses Moody, Devo Davis, Jalen Williams, KK Robinson. That's uh, a good then, class. Then you, you look at 2022 with Nick Smith Jr. Clillware. Yeah, I think 2026 will be that kind of class that's wow. really good at the top. Probably multiple five stars, at least two, uh, and it's going to be a deep class when you start looking at how many guys end up going D1. So yeah, 26 is is as good as 2025 is, and, and as good as 2024 is. I think 25 is a little better than 24. And I think 26 is even better. But J.J. Andrews, uh, Jacob Lanier, those are two guys with Arkansas offers. They've also been on unofficial visits. They've been to games. Keep an eye on those two. I think those guys will be priority recruits. Uh, and then Sam Funches in Germantown, Mississippi, not you know, not right there in the footprint. Uh, he was in for the Auburn game, and you know, I interviewed him, and he really liked uh, meeting with Coach Muss. He was that was a great experience. That crowd environment, even though Arkansas lost like it did. But the number one center in the class of 2026, 6'11", forward center, but the number he's listed as the number one center, a top ten rated five star, Sam Punches. So you know, there's a there's a lot of youth and a lot of prospects, and not only in Arkansas but in the footprint states. And we know Arkansas's best teams typically they've had to pull talent from there. It's not just portal; they've got to mix in the high school talent as well. All right, Kevin, thanks a lot. Back after this. Thanks, guys.